You're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. So as a young earth creationist, one of the uh, biggest challenges I think that we face, or at least that I have faced, is um, being extremely misunderstood and sometimes even unhelpfully uh, psychoanalyzed, right, by those who uh, sort of disagree with my conclusions. And um, to be completely and entirely fair, um, this is a two-way street, right? This happens uh, from both sides, right? This happens from young earth creationists to others and from others to um, young earth creationists. And uh, unfortunately, only one of them really ever gets talked about um, in the public arena. But um, I saw a, uh, a Facebook post yesterday from someone who um, we're acquaintances. We've talked once or twice, and um, he's a good guy. Uh, good brother in Christ. He is, uh, I believe, a biology teacher. And uh, I love him. I love him. But I was a little puzzled by something that uh, by something that he said. And some of the reactions to it from both sides, again, were very, very interesting. So we're not going to break down his quote. We're not going to psychoanalyze him, excuse me. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to tell you um, who, who it is. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you who said the quote. Um, I don't think that would be particularly um, helpful. But we are going to look at the response that one creation scientist did go ahead and give to this post. And I think that that will be something that helps us out as we look at this issue. Taking a little break from the normal uh, content that we do on the podcast, normally we're going through the book of John. And December actually um, has been a really, really rough month. Our family did have uh, COVID-19, at least a few of us did. And uh, it was tough, man. It was it was really tough getting over it. And um it, you know, I mean, it's real, right? I mean, what more can I say? Um, it, it's real, and uh, fortunately, from what I, um, uh, from what I'm hearing, I had a pretty mild case of it, um, and so did uh, my mom. My mom had it; she had a fairly mild case of it, um, although she has breathing issues and such. So, uh, so it was a little, it was a little tough for her, um, even though it was a milder case. Uh, my wife had it, and it was a little tough, but. Um, you know, God's good. He was good through it. And we got to spend some extra time together in quarantine. So uh, perhaps it was a, a blessing in disguise, but it's, it's been a slow December um, in terms of, um, in terms of the podcast. I haven't really gotten anything else out there lately. And um, so that is uh, part of the reason why. Um, so I am uh, excited to, to bring this to you today. I did want to mention, so today is the very last day of December, and it is also the very last day that the sale will be running for the Bible Nerd Society. Now, the Bible Nerd Society is a group of passionate Bible nerds like you and like me. And what they do is um, we, you know, we come together and have a discussion around certain issues. If you have a question that maybe goes beyond, uh, you know, what we can normally cover through an email or something like that, um, then um, we, 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 we go into deep discussion there. Um, also, when you join the Bible Nerd Society, you also get access to 
pretty much every piece of digital content that our ministry has ever produced. That's um, eBooks, that's audiobooks, audio courses, video courses, and um, a lot of other things as well, um, including even some uh, new material on books that are being worked on. So I would highly encourage you to go over there if you want to. Today is the very last day that you can get in for 50% off, and you can join that just by going to www.biblenerdsociety.com or just biblenerdsociety.com. Either one of those should work. So right now you can get in for just 15 bucks a year or $250 a month. So it's a pretty sweet deal. I would love for you to join me over there. No pressure if you're not into that. You don't think that would be beneficial to you or helpful to you. Uh, don't worry about it. But if it's something where you find the content here helpful and you think that you would like to support us and also um, interact in a little bit deeper way, I would love to have you over there at uh, BibleNerdSociety.com. All right, so let's kind of jump into what I want to talk about. Um, and so th there was a, a post that was put on Facebook a few days ago, again, by a um, Christian biologist who he teaches here in the States. And I, I'm not going to mention his name, I'm trying to be as vague as I can, uh, just because, um, you know, we're not in this to, uh, you know, attack people or to like, my personal calling certainly is not to deal with, you know, to call out specific people in the church that, that I don't agree with or, or that they said something that um, I, I think is out of line. Um, that's not my job. That's not my calling. Uh, certainly it is an important thing. Um, but for me, I just really want to deal with the ideas. And so I'm going to try to um, just not even paraphrase, but just accurately to the best of my ability, um, accurately and contextually summarize what he said so that we can um, um, think about what he said carefully and critically. And we'll go from there. So um, essentially his, his point was this, when you are looking at the Bible, okay, and you're trying to determine which views are right among a sea of uh, possible views, what you have to do is determine which of those views, or at least one thing you have to do, is is determine which of those views is um, that the evidence for Christianity as a whole is sufficient to bear it. And essentially in the post, he said that in his opinion, the evidence is not sufficient to bear a young earth interpretation of um, the Bible. Now, it could be sufficient to bear certain old earth interpretations of the Bible, according to him, but it would not work for any young earth interpretations of, 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 of the Bible. Um, in other words, the, the evidence as a whole surrounding Christianity for the ultimate truth of the Christian worldview, if it has to include a young earth creationist um, view of the world, then that would be um, disastrous for Christianity. Is, is his point. So um, what he says is that, well, it, it, so if one compels, um, if, if the Bible compels you to take the younger view that you're, you're convinced, in other words, that uh, the, the Bible really truly is teaching a young earth view, then in his opinion, it would, it, it would be preferable. Okay. To, to um, arrive at the conclusion that the Bible was in error on that point, rather than to try to include that as a part of one's Christian worldview. Now, there's a lot of context that goes beyond that, that he said. Um, the general point of the 
um, of the of the added context is simply just that it it's a big decision to say something like that. That's obviously a huge claim, right? To say that um, if, if if you're compelled by this view, then it would be preferable to say that the Bible is in error versus anything else, or versus that it should be included as part of this worldview, right? So he he recognizes the gravity of that claim. He says that alternative interpretations should be sought before arriving at such a conclusion, but that if one were to arrive at such a conclusion, then the work would have to be done to go in and 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 make sense of this and see what implications that has for inerrancy, for inspiration, and all of those things. Okay. Now there's a few things going on that are themes, unfortunately, that 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 creationists see often that are uh, kind of embedded in in that post. And so I want to kind of run through some of those themes. I want to give you a quote from a creation scientist who responded to this post, and uh, then we'll wrap up for today. So one of the things that comes up is this whole idea of general revelation versus special revelation. Now, this has been a big thing, right, in, in the kind of creation conversation for a long time. There's a um, almost implicit assumption that what we see in general revelation should be equated to the science of modern discovery, okay? So modern science and general revelation sort of being conflated together. But it's really important to take special note of the distinction there. And perhaps if pressed or in a conversation with me, maybe this person would have gone ahead and made this distinction and clarified how he meant the distinction. But just expressing how it came across to me in the post that I read, it looked like there was this implicit assumption that we have to deal. Yes, we have special revelation, but God gave us two forms of revelation. And so we have to deal with general revelation as well. And the implicit assumption throughout the post, if you were to read it, is that general revelation pretty much you know, lines up with certain claims of modern science. Now, this person and this is actually part of the irony, and we're going to see this in a minute when we get to the to the quote from uh, the scientist who responded to him. Um, this person, ironically, is involved in the um, intelligent design movement. In other words, he, at least at this juncture, at this stage, he denies um, that macroevolution in the neo-Darwinian sense is something that has taken place. He is in the um, intelligent design um, camp. And so obviously um, he is willing to be skeptical of certain claims of modern science. And um, yet when it comes to the issue of age, this is something that is not considered. Okay. It's almost just taken as a given, right? There's there's absolutely no way, right, that we can see the information any other way when we're looking at um, modern science. Like for some, and as it relates to the age of the Earth, like for some reason we couldn't take that data any other way. In fact, it's to such a degree that um, he claims that it would be preferable because Christianity couldn't bear the weight of such a, a a burden. It would be preferable to say that if that's really what the Bible teaches, then then 
we would be better off to say that the Bible is in error on that point, right? And this this whole you know fundamental issue is the difference between general revelation and special revelation, how they relate to one another. It's very important to understand that nowhere, as we read the Bible, nowhere does the Bible make a, any sort of claim that would even suggest that we tie what we learn from general revelation to the type of inquiry that we do when we're doing science, okay? Um, for in other words, maybe we could say something like, okay, well, in general revelation, we understand that a universe is here, right? But general revelation is not necessarily going to tell us um, about how the universe got here, right? We need special revelation for that, right? Gen there's no claim in the Bible that would suggest that we should be looking for something like a big bang. Now, I realize that's going to sound controversial to people because it, it sure does sound nice to say that, um, you know, the Bible teaches creation ex nihilo. The Big Bang gives us a generally accepted scientific model that shows a universe um, basically miraculously coming out of nothing, and we go on from there, right? And so immediately that sort of looks or sounds like a Big Bang. Um, one uh, popular apologist even quips that um, he's making arguments from a cosmological nature. He says that um, every Big Bang needs a Big Banger. Right. And so obviously his point is that the big banger is God. And so it's like, that's really compelling. I want to be able to say that, but for the life of me, nothing I read in the Bible suggests to me at all that we're going to get clues as to the mechanism of creation in, um, in nature that, that would be such that it's a part of God's revelation to us. Um, Humans come up with scientific models. Scientific models are often flawed. They just are. They're not perfect. They need tweaking. I mean, look at all of the things of days gone by that was the generally accepted view of science that today we look at as absolutely absurd. I mean, a geocentric view of the universe pretty much reigned supreme for, what, 15 centuries? Something like that? It's just insane. And yet we know today that that view is ludicrous. Um, so how dare we, right? How, how dare we take what we learn from modern science and, and, and sort of shoehorn um, our, our biblical data around what we're learning from modern science. In fact, I would argue this is the entire error that was committed by the church when those who were wanting to hold on to that geocentric model of the universe, um, you know, and, and pushing against Galileo, um, I would I would argue that this is what they were guilty of, right? That they were trying to shoehorn their biblical interpretation um, and, and use that as a way to uh, deny the science of the day. Okay, but understanding that um, we've learned a lot since then about science. We've learned a lot about the Bible since then. And we know that the error is often completely opposite of what those who uh, talk about this and teach about this um, like to say. The issue has always been trying to shoehorn an interpretation that we have from our modern scientific understanding into the Bible. 
That's always been the problem. It was the problem back then. And I believe it is the problem now. Okay. So if a young earth interpretation does compel you and you're persuaded that's what the Bible teaches, should you really? Should your first, um, you know, path of, of, you know, moving forward with that be to defer to modern science and reinterpret the Bible? That sounds like a mistaken course to me. Sounds like a mistaken, mistaken course. Now, another thing that I want to kind of highlight here is this. The problem is not science versus the Bible. It's very tempting, okay, when you're getting into these kind of conversations. It is very, very tempting to make this the issue. To make the issue, well, science says this, the Bible says this, and so which one are we going to choose? In fact, when I was typing out this very bullet point for you there, um, what I initially started typing out sounded horrible because it sounded like it was buying into this dichotomy. It's really, really easy to buy into this dichotomy. Note that nobody in the creationist camp, well, I mean, maybe some are, but like certainly your mainstream creationists are not arguing that that what we have here is a case of science versus the Bible. Science says this, the Bible says that, therefore we're going to take the Bible first over science. That is not the claim. That is not the issue. That is not what's going on here. Okay. The issue is the interpretation of data. That's the problem. The interpretation of data. It's a two-way street, right? Data has to be interpreted in the Bible. Data also has to be interpreted in nature, right? So we do have to interpret both special revelation and general revelation. I would argue that there are differences um, in, the, in the kind of interpretation that you have to do, right? When you're interpreting the Bible, you're interpreting essentially propositional statements. When you're interpreting nature, you have propositional statements that are formed um, by scientists who come up with a conclusion as they're using other methodologies to um, interpret data from the physical world. And depending on what they're looking at, the assumptions they have to use, et cetera, what goes into that may not be as cut and dry as, um, as sometimes it's made to seem. And so it's very important, uh, and this is maybe just an admonition for fellow creationists and also just kind of a, a you know, a PSA um, to, to those who are critics uh, of the young age creationist position, that the, we don't think the problem uh, is science versus the Bible. We think the problem is the interpretation of data. And what we're willing to do as a creationist is, is question the data of um, of modern science as it relates to methodologies that allow one to arrive at an age for the earth. Now, honestly, this is not, and I've, I've, I've held this opinion for some time, this is not too far of a cry from those who are skeptical of the neo-Darwinian synthesis, of those who are skeptical of evolution. And this has always puzzled me why, why it's foolish, so to speak, to believe in a young age for the earth right? But it's not foolish to deny evolution and hold to the um, intelligent design model. Um, I think that if you were to get um, any, certainly, evolutionary biologist in a room who is, is, is you know, no reason to, you know, no reason to, to give the Bible any sort of meaningful place in their understanding of, uh, of earth history and in life history, for that matter, universal history. Um, if you were to to ask that person if the evolutionary evidence was as good as the evidence for something like 
the Big Bang, I think they would say yes. Now, I mean, I've never asked somebody this question. Perhaps I should. But um, given the way they talk, certainly, I don't. I don't think that people who hold to the neo-Darwinian synthesis would be willing to um, admit that their view has less evidence than something even like the Big Bang or that radiometric dating can provide an accurate date for the age of the Earth. Um, I truly believe that these people think that evolution is such a settled science that they would place the um, um, interpretations of, of one of those pieces of data uh, on par with the other. And so my question then you know, becomes the same question that um, ultimately we're getting ready to look at here in just a minute from uh, from Paul. Um, and, and that is, why not be skeptical of the other? So let's just go ahead and bring that in and we'll, we'll take a look at that quote real quick. So this was um, a, uh, a creation scientist, um, Paul Garner. He is a um, geologist and a uh, really great guy. He's written a book called The New Creationism that I highly, highly recommend. It's a great book to check out. I've had his colleague on the podcast before, Stephen Lloyd. Stephen Lloyd's an excellent theologian and also has a background in the sciences and um, really recommend their work. They're from the uh, Biblical Creation Trust, I believe it's called, over there in the UK, and they're, and they're doing great work. And so this was the response that came, and I'm going to read it here, and um, we're, we're going to um, talk about this. So here's what Paul said in response to this person. It seems to me that your interpretive choices regarding the Bible's teaching on origins and not just in Genesis are being driven by your a priori belief that the evidence for an ancient earth, and in fact, more to the point, the evidence for ancient life and death cannot even in principle be interpreted in other ways. But given that you're not an earth scientist and therefore not in the best position to evaluate the relevant data, I'm puzzled as to why you're so willing to defer to the scientific consensus on this question when you're evidently willing to resist the consensus within your own discipline, e.g. your support for ID. Wouldn't agnosticism on your part concerning age questions be more appropriate? For my own part, as an earth scientist, I've seen young age research bear fruit time and again even turning seemingly insuperable old age arguments into young age arguments. I can give many examples. That's not to say there aren't challenges or data that looks hard to explain, but I really don't see the quality of evidence favoring an old age as any better or worse than the quality of evidence, uh, excuse me, evidence favoring common descent and neo-Darwinianism, close quote. Now, again, that quote was from Paul Garner the writer of the new creationism and also a geologist and earth scientist. And I think the point he's making here is just absolutely huge. The issue is, can the data be interpreted a different way? Is that even in principle possible? And, and should somebody, and this is a really great question that I, I think that is super um, important to reflect upon. Okay, should somebody who is not trained in 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 that field of science, you have to realize specialization is a huge thing. Um, you're going to have people who are scientists but have no clue about the assumptions and the conclusions, even of another branch of scientists, even uh, excuse me of science, even if they have like a PhD. Specialization is a, it's a big problem, and so. Like, even thinking about that, like, what if you're not even a scientist at all? Um, should one's conclusion really, really be that the best path is to think that the Bible is teaching error 
on a particular point versus just agnosticism on the question because of a lack of information. When you have somebody who is qualified to speak to the quality of information, and I didn't um, copy this in, but there's actually um, in, a, in, a, in a post further down in response, he kind of adds it as a PS. He gives about eight to 10 examples. I can't remember. I think it might be eight. Um, examples of different areas where the young age evidence has in fact bore fruit over and against um, one of these insuperable uh, arguments. Um, and, and so when you have someone who is an expert in the field and they say, well, you know, there, there does appear to be this um, fruitfulness of, of research and realizing that science, whether it be a young age creationist or an old age creationist or, or, a secularist, it doesn't really matter. Um, science is always going to have issues. Models are always going to have issues, again, because they're made by flawed human beings. And so the question really quickly becomes, um, is it really the best path to just defer to the consensus in that area and, and throw up your hands and say, oh, it must be right, and, and then take the Bible as being an error versus just coming to a position of agnosticism on that point? So I guess really that is... Um, is my question for you to, to really, um, to really consider, like when you're looking at this issue, where do you land? I mean, if, 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 if do you really think that the best thing to do is, is to submit that the Bible's teaching error? If you come to this view, um, I would think not, you know, where do you land on the issue of, um, the evidence being as favorable for an old age interpretation of earth history as it is, um, for or against Darwinian evolution. You know, I really think those are questions that need to be considered if you are um, listening or watching as someone who does accept the old age uh, creationist position and, and you would agree with the statement that, um, th that the young earth position is unable to be bore by the, by the full evidence um, and the full weight of the evidence for Christianity. So think about that a little bit, and uh, I again I want to thank you just for for joining me here. I know this has been the first um, the first time that uh, I've come on and podcasted um, since the very beginning of the month, and again it has been a little bit of a crazy month. But I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope that you have a wonderful New Year. Um, just along with the rest of you, I'm excited to see what twenty one uh, what twenty twenty one has to has to offer. Don't forget that today is the very last day, if you're seeing or hearing this, to join the Bible Nerd Society for 50% off. You get it for $15 a year or for um, $2.50 per month. Today's the very last day, so I hope you jump over there. Um, if not, it's all good. Uh, I'm just excited to have you as a member of my community and uh, super excited to, to nerd out about the Bible with you. So thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you in the next one.